I told Alex, I was like, babe, I like, I'm truly worried if I keep going at this rate, this job's gonna kill me. I'm like gonna drop dead, you know, at 28. And I was terrified at the time. And that's when the initial conversation started about quitting our jobs to travel. Welcome to the Passion to Brand podcast, where we have real conversations with real people who have turned their passions to digital brands. I'm Brett. And I'm Logan. On today's episode, how Alexis and Lindsay turned their passion for world travel into the well-known digital brand, A Foreigner Abroad. Part of the joy we found in Passion to Brand has been connecting with people all around the world who have taken their passion and made it their focus. We've connected with thousands of creators all around the world in the past couple years and have heard some really amazing and transformational stories. We've been connected with Alex and Lindsay for almost a year and have seen their passion evolve from world travelers to learning how to incorporate their love for travel while growing a family. It has shown us that it is okay to have an evolving passion as seasons of life close and new seasons open. After following Alex and Lindsay for nearly a year, we figured it was time that we learned how it all began. Every single summer with my grandparents, we would hop in an RV and then we'd drive what felt like four days, but it was really maybe two hours. I was a child. Mm. And we would go into the Pyrenees on the border of France and Spain. And then we'd spend several weeks just camping, hiking, exploring the nature and everything else. And it's just, I think that's where the love of being outdoors started. Mm. Because now I find myself, if I'm inside for too many days in a row, I go insane. So a antsy. I, have to stay connected to the outside. Yeah. You said grew, you grew up in you grew up in France. I did, yeah. So I grew up in France. I was born in the south of France, hence why I spent a bunch of time on the border of France and Spain. And then we moved up, my family moved up to Paris, and then we moved to the States when I was 12. How fun. Wow, that's you, an amazing childhood. Yeah. Do you, you miss know? France? I do. We did just come back from there yeah. a week and a half ago. Oh, nice. I miss the bread and my family the most in that order. The bread in that order. Mom, dad, if you're listening, he doesn't mean that. (laughs) No, no, he does. No, he does. They They get it though. They get it. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Lindsay? I mean, where, where did you grow up? Story short for the Smart Notes version, born in New York, was raised in Seattle, Washington. Fortunately, got recruited to play college soccer in Santa Barbara. And that was my ticket to California. And then I never left until two years ago when we decided to move to Vegas. So at this point, I'm just trying to see like how many different states I can hit, you know, before I die. Is that too dark? (laughs) Not at all. That's a good goal. What's your, what's been your favorite state so far? Ooh, very good question. That's California. Come on, man. You know, what's (laughs) funny. Okay. I've got two answers for you in terms of like favorite state to live. Definitely California. Because the hubby and I, we used to live in Marina Del Rey and we also lived in Manhattan Beach. And there is something just so spectacular about those places. They're incredible. You just have to be a millionaire, which we aren't. (laughs) So that's why we've moved to a more affordable option like Vegas. But in terms of like more like our lifestyle and like what we love to do in terms of exploration, I would say Utah hands yeah. down for us mm-hmm. okay. is like okay. the winner. Cause you have Antelope Canyon, you mm-hmm. have Horseshoe Bend. I mean, it's just, it's so gorgeous. There's so many different things to do. You've got Bryce, you've got Zion. Mm. And I feel like the adventures are endless there. So we're yeah. huge fans. Any, any plans on living in Utah? 
<laughs> so funny you ask that. Tell we're them, actually, babe. We're actually Tell going them. to Utah in August to see okay. if we can maybe figure out how to get an investment property out there. Oh, oh my gosh. Awesome. What a timely question. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey. like, what on earth? How did you know? But we, <laughs> we're already mind, we're mind readers. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? I'm, I'm very impressed. You, you guys are so on it right now. But Alex, Alex is convinced that we can afford it. And I'm convinced that we can't. So verdicts out guys circle back with us in a couple of months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey listeners, stay tuned. Check yeah, in with Alexis following. and Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit us up in like November mm-hmm. and we'll let you know. It's either a, awesome. a flop or not. So how did you all, okay. So uh, obviously Alexis grew up in France, moved to the U S and then Lindsay or has been all over the country. How did you all meet? Like what was the, what was the connection story there? Oh, Lindsay man. used to work uh, in the production team at a company called Beachbody. They make P90X oh, yeah. and Insanity yeah. and all that stuff. And I was the nerdy IT dude who came around and fixed people's computers. <laughs> yeah, he was. And she kept having computer issues. But I, you know, it was it, fine. She was a coworker. It was just so weird. And so then, hot. All these computer issues to get the cute guy to come help you out. She's like, oh no, I'm oh, so no, sorry. I had to call you again. I can, see, I can see hammer marks in this. <laughs> yeah, what he's, happened? He's like, that's because it's not on. You have to hit the power button. <laughs> oh, <Classic>. I see. <laughs> but then we did a 90-day workout program on behalf of the company. And we spent every day working out together. And and pushing each other, just getting to know each other. We went on a snowboard trip afterwards to celebrate. And the rest is history. We've been together for almost a decade now. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. She's not sick it's... of me that she, at least that I can tell. No, just had a baby. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in it to win it. Nice. Does Beachbody claim claim that relationship? I mean, what was that? Or actually, better question is, did they have issues with you? Were you all dating when you were at Beachbody? Ooh, did that's you a like... good question. You know, it's yeah, funny. Did... We, you know, that remains debatable because I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of relationships happening at Beachbody, but I would say it was like a 50-50 split. Some were like kind of secretive and like in the dark, whereas others were pronounced. The head of HR saw our first kiss and went, yes, I've been waiting for this to happen. (laughs) I don't know how much of a secret it was. That did happen. Right after we started dating, I got laid off. So, you know, it all worked out. Uh oh it did yeah so it, all that pressure of us because we finally were like building up and we're like okay you know what we're ready to go public because we like each other that much usually our rule for like each of us was like never date someone at the office mm-hmm. but he was so awesome i was like this is kind of worth the risk so we figured mm-hmm. let's just put it on the line see people's reactions but then he got laid off so <laughs> yeah. all that stress just went right out the door <laughs> <laughs> didn't even matter anymore yeah exactly. i really appreciate you doing that for us. it's the best thing that ever happened <laughs> so where did you end up going to work alexis i mean was there was there another you know job or was that like a surprise to you it was a surprise i was mm-hmm. 22 you were a baby so i was I robbing, sat in my car and i cried i was like why don't they want me and then i got another job like i think three weeks later okay. and then i got another job after that when i basically got a 50 percent pay bump thanks to getting laid off so i'm really happy they did Wow, thanks, uh, Beachbody. Yeah, yeah honestly, Beachbody. they did they did both of us a favor. Yeah, and he, this guy's like wicked smart. He's not telling you. So honestly, I mean, any company is lucky to have you, babe. Yeah, right now yeah. I'm looking uncomfortable. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't take my compliments. So this is making him really, really uneasy. <laughs> did you know you wanted to be in IT? I mean, obviously that's a very knowledgeable career was that something that you had always wanted to do alexis so my dad's a software architect and i said i will not be my father and so i spent four years studying neuropsychology and then they said you're doing great you only have eight more years of school and i went Mm. oh my okay (laughs) 
And so I got, I did IT jobs off of college to pay for college. And then I just kept going and uh, gradually worked my way up. No, I really enjoy technology, but okay. I enjoy connecting people and technology and making it accessible. Hmm. And what about you, Lindsay? Did you know what you wanted to do? I mean, and what were you doing at Beachbody? What was like, what was your career then? And did you know that that's what you wanted to do growing up? It's funny you ask that. Very Sparknotes version. I was, I worked originally like in production. I was kind of okay. like groomed from the start, started as a PA. And then I was like an associate production coordinator. And then I became a production coordinator. And then I got poached into product development where we actually made all the different, you know, videos like the P90Xs and all that good stuff and kind of worked my way up. And I loved it. I even ended up transitioning to a different company and became a producer. But in production, this was at least in my experience, everything is high stress all the mm. time. I mean, every person I worked for was miserable. They mm. seemed like anxious, depressed. I mean, even in my, you know, I can speak off of personal experience. I was getting like heart palpitations. I was getting insomnia and it was just like, these are over videos and infomercials. You know mm. what I mean? That yeah. like really in the grand scheme of things don't matter. We're not curing brain surgery. You know, we're not we're helping people on the fitness front, but like, truly, like, this is ridiculous how much stress we're putting on ourselves. Hmm. And yeah. so that's kind of where I told Alex, I was like, babe, I like, I'm truly worried if I keep going at this rate, this job's going to kill me. I'm like going to hmm. drop dead, you know, at hmm. 28. And I was terrified at the time. And that's when the initial conversation started about quitting our jobs to travel. But with that in mind, he was like, there's no way it's never going to happen. Hmm. That's basically career suicide for me. I just, I can't afford to do that. So I think it took me a good, what, two, two years of like asking you every few months, like, Hey, I remember what about now? six months, but yeah. it, was, it was a long time. Six months for Alexis because it was career suicide and, and, right and right two years for Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just say it was 20 years, took 20 yeah. years, something excessive. So what was the transition? When did you all decide to do it? And what, what was it that like got you all both on the same page? So I kept climbing up and up the corporate ladder at the time. And I realized that there is no stage in which I will go. Yes, I have done it. I am now yeah. happy with my work life. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so I told her, like, let's do it. I mean, worst case scenario, I just go back down a couple rungs and I'll climb back up. It's not the end of the world. And also it's, it's hard to properly explain. She was miserable. Mm -hmm. unhappy every day so every stressed. day would be she would come home stressed from work complain about work for a while watch tv and then go to bed I mean, that's not mm -hmm. a life that's not enjoyable well i was also working crazy hours mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. at beach body it was just incessant and it was, i felt like my life was work you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah. on top of all the health issues associated with it so i i had checked out for years at this point point. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so we started planning it and once i agreed it became, you know we we tend to commit to whatever we're doing. So the second I agreed, I said, okay, let's make a spreadsheet of how we're going to do it. Talk about finance, talk about planning. How, when do we leave? What do we do? And everything else. We're both a little, we're both type A personality and we're both planners. So we just started planning aggressively and realized very quickly, hey, this is possible. It might not be a super long trip, but we can definitely do this. Well, what made it possible? What was the thing that made it possible? Was it the numbers? Just you both ran the spreadsheets and the spreadsheets balanced out or was it like it's possible because you know Alexis you kind of came to the realization that the job wasn't everything and what do you mean made it possible well I think there was so many I might interject on that one there mm -hmm. was several factors but one the company you worked for at the time 
was doing a lot of like shifts in management. And so a lot of his friends, unfortunately, were losing their jobs. Uh, and he was one of the last men standing, but he was like, I just like, this isn't fun for me anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm. everyone I love is gone. What's the point? And, you know, and at this point I wanted out, I was like ready to go. So I think he just kind of realized like one day he's like, what am I fighting for? You know, mm. like work isn't everything. And I think he finally had that aha moment. And so we were stoked. We we're like, yes, we're doing this. Let's go. But we kind of knew there were two things in terms of our game plan. We wanted to start a brand because shout out to our friends, Scott and Colette. Colette Stoller with Rumoru actually kind of gave us the idea to start our own brand because that's what her and Scott had been doing for like, man, maybe two years at that point, that point maybe yeah. three, mm -hmm. who even knows? They've, they've been successful for a long time. But Colette was my best friend at Beachbody and is actually one of my best friends to today. But they kind of gave us the incentive like there's more to life than just like you know a high paying job and a fancy title so we basically started a brand kind of mimicking what they were doing you know like any travel trips we went on like okay we're gonna go hiking at yosemite we would shoot yosemite content you know and then if we were doing like a you know another road trip to bryce canyon then we'd shoot bryce content we were just trying to kind of build our brand and start taking photos and get exposure. So we did that for like a full year prior to even our actual departure. Cause the moment Alex said he was in, that's when we started the brand. We stopped, we used to go out to restaurants all the time. And I love alcohol. Like I love my cocktails, <laughs> but they are expensive. So not, I didn't stop drinking, but it definitely cut back on like mm -hmm. us going out. And so for that year, we basically focused on finances and saving, and we focused on creating a foreigner abroad. And that mm -hmm. really helped us build a solid foundation in which we could work from once we decided to actually like take off. What so, was the inspiration behind that name for your brand? So great question. After we decided, I think that same night, it was that same we night. We were sitting on a balcony, and like, what should we, our name be? And so mm -hmm. we came up, and the first thing that came to my mind was, hey, a foreigner abroad. Let's go. Uh, I'm a foreigner. We're going abroad, or she's mm. abroad, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. It, it works on multiple <laughs> yeah. levels. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize. In, in Australia, <laughs> abroad means a little, it's a little bit rougher than it is in the States. So our name is not as clean in Australia, but. We love the pun aspect though. Yeah. We love that yeah. multiple things and it was pretty fitting considering my husband is French. So yeah, so yeah. we did that. And then Lindsay said, no, 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 no. We got to think about it some more. And I think two or three days later, she goes, I can't think of anything better. Let's do it. This is great. Yeah. And that, that fits you guys so well. I mean, obviously yeah, you does. all traveled for what the next two years. Yeah, yeah, pretty quit, much. Quit your jobs and you all were, hit the road. How much did you all feel like you needed to save? Like how much, what was the like amount that you were Ooh, wanting to make question. sure you had in your budget in order to make that happen? So we had, I, I had a little bit more saved than mm -hmm. the hubby, which we knew going into it, but it was kind of basically like, babe, you know, we're going to combine our finances and we're going to use as much of your income, you know, as possible that you've saved up. But then once you run out, like I've got you, I'll just cover the rest of your expenses from there. But to be honest, I mean, we were already married, so it was our expenses in general, but we, man, what did we leave with? Babe? Do you remember the total? I know what the total cost for the trip was. But... So here's what our goal was have a hundred thousand dollars or more. Yeah, that was that's goal. what it was. And then when we left, I ended up selling my car. So we left a hundred and some, I think 110,000, maybe a little bit more, I think, or maybe 120 because you had 89 to 40, I think. Yeah, I think he's right. And this, keep in mind, this is like truly our life savings. Like this, this is like was selling the car, selling 
everything, everything, you know, like you name it, stuff we had put in, you know, since we were 16 saving up, like this was it. These were all of our accounts kind of tied up. But then wow. um, traveling, we did not spend all of that money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we spent noticeably less. Yeah, we spent mm-hmm. actually 70K between the two of us to travel internationally for 18 months. And then we did like six months of travel which, once we hit the States. But I could not believe how far we stretched 70K because we hit 45 countries and 200 cities. Oh my gosh. Wow. And you name it, we did it. Hot air ballooning in Australia, paragliding in Interlaken, camel rides in the Sahara Desert. Like we didn't want to leave any rock unturned because we never knew, we couldn't guarantee that we'd get back to these places. You know, you just never know what happens with life. So we just wanted right. to live to the fullest and to have no regrets. And so we put it all out there. Wow. So was that intentional that you all didn't use the full amount or did you just realize when you were on the road that it's like, hey, we can do this a little bit cheaper than yeah. we thought. It's a deeper question, which is awesome, which is essentially while traveling, we both agreed, spend money on things that matter. So snowmobiling in Iceland, that's worth it. It's expensive. It's <laughs> worth it. We're doing it. We're spending it. Going out to dinners in Iceland. No, not worth it. Their food is notoriously terrible and expensive. <laughs> Don't do that. We did a lot of cooking. So the idea was to spend as little as we could while, in, while maximizing enjoyment. Totally. And I think one thing we did really well is kind of going into it. I mean, our goal is like to spend truly as little as possible when we could, but that was also the whole point of the brand going into us leaving was to pitch for hotels mm. and, you know, to pitch for excursions and anything that was really expensive, especially is what we would like target our pitches for, since we knew that wasn't necessarily something we could afford for the two of us, you know, cause like paragliding and interlocking is a great example. That was like, I believe $350 a person. So there goes 700 bucks right there. You know what I mean? But if mm-hmm. we could get yeah. that partnership, then that's money in our pocket. And we still get to do these amazing excursions, but then we can focus our financial efforts elsewhere. Hmm. So the brand really, really helped in that regard, especially in terms of lodging. So we tried to maximize that as much as possible. But then like Alex was saying, you know, say for example, like, cause food costs, a lot of people go to restaurants and in my opinion, restaurants will eat up all of your budget. Mm-hmm. What we would do. And I'm, I'm very big into like, I want to experience the culture. I want to experience the drinks. Like I love my alcohol. Like I didn't want to feel like yeah. I was missing out, but yeah. what we would do is like, say we were in Italy and we were in like a particular region, like Cinque Terre we would buy like the homemade pastas from the local market. And then they were famous for their pestoroso sauce. So we would go and find that sauce, bring it home, get a really nice bottle of wine, but from the store. So you're already paying less. And we would kind of create our own culinary experience, but Mm. from the comforts of home. So that I felt like I still got to experience the best of everything, but without sacrificing, you know, our budget. And it probably felt more like, Hey, we're local. Like we're cooking all of this authentic food in our place that we're staying at. So it feels a lot more authentic and like the experience travel tip for literally anyone is that if you want to get to know a country, go into the supermarkets, go into the small stores, see where the locals actually shop and buy their food. You'll find Mm. out more about it. People recommend local things that you would never hear about. You would never see them on a blog and then make that food yourself. Cause I, we came home and I can cook anything now. I didn't mm. have a choice. I cooked in every country with a million different ingredients. So you, you learn how to cook everything else. So you get both the cooking lessons and you get to experience the food. It's just, it's really special. And you get to connect with the people locally. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So at this point with the brand, were you reaching out to like businesses and these getting these collaborations through Instagram or YouTube or what platform were you using? Good question. We actually basically, cause my hubby is so smart. He wrote a script that would basically pull from like a city. So, you know, say for example, we'll stick with the Italy theme. Like we're heading to Tuscany he would write a script that would populate all of like the top four or even three star, three star, four star and five star hotels in the area in Tuscany that would actually go into this spreadsheet that would then list the hotel name, like a contact for us, the best email, like all the key information I would need for that hotel would get populated into this spreadsheet. Oh my gosh. all the information from there, he'd clean it up for me a little bit, but then I would, yeah, I would basically like cold call. I would email each hotel individually to see if someone wanted to offer us like an exchange of service, you know, or we'll provide a blog or if people wanted a promotional video, or if they just wanted, you know, social media content in exchange for, you know, typically we do like three day stays, sometimes four, if we were very lucky, five day stay would pick us up, but those were a little bit more rare. But that was pretty awesome. Granted, I know everyone out there listening does not have necessarily like a techie counterpart to pull that kind of stuff. (laughs) You don't need the scripts. You can just go to Google Maps, find things you're interested in, visit their site, connect with them directly. Totally. The most important thing is that no matter how much technology you have or scraping or anything like that, you need to make your pitches feel unique and you need to make Mm -hmm. them feel like you Mm -hmm. have something to offer that business. If you're Mm -hmm. reaching out to a hotel and you're offering them a video, they're like, Neat. Why? Mm-hmm. But if you offer them something, hey, I noticed your website has pretty limited imagery. We can do high def imagery for you. We'll sell you the rights and everything else. All of a sudden, it's a win win. They have an open room and they need those things. So True. it's really about knowing your audience and tailoring your pitch. Yeah. So, Lindsay, how much percentage were you reaching? You know, I guess break down if you can, if you remember, like in just rough numbers, like the amount of cold calls you were having the amount of people that were actually responding which landed to an actual like funny yeah i would say alex probably knows the numbers but in my opinion i always felt like we always got like at least one yes and that was all you ever needed true (laughs) yeah but he knows the actual number responses is about five percent including a lot of like what why (laughs) (laughs) um like hard and then success is one percent but one percent is all it takes Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what it is. And this is for anyone else. There's there's no logic behind it. Like some places, like there's a place in Bali that was like, we'll host you. And it was a roach motel (laughs) and we stayed and we Uh, recovered in roaches and it was not the best experience. So you think that's the kind of stuff you'll get. But then in Switzerland, a five-star ultra luxury chalet put us in their master suite with a view of the Matterhorn and fed us endlessly. I mean, like the whole time, like, is this, is this real life? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They gave us their penthouse suite. We were like, "What?" That's incredible. If if what you offer matches what they need at that moment, which is a little bit of guessing as well, people bend over backwards for you. It's it's wild, and you got to we got to meet all these wonderful people who are like, "Oh, I'm really excited because you you know you happen to fill a hole that I had. I didn't realize I had it, and now you Mm -hmm. can help me with it." Mm -hmm. And and was this all through like pitching like advertisement through your Instagram, or were you doing like what what type of service were you providing to the majority of these people? We actually, so we did everything via email. I actually, even to this day, I rarely, ironically enough, use Instagram messaging to like reach out to clients, but we, we basically email them our different services. And for us, we offer, or at the time, especially we were offering, I believe it was a 400 word 
blog posts with 10 okay. plus images. That was one mm. that a lot of hotels loved at the time. A one minute promotional video. Other people, we also offered 10 raw drone clips at 10 seconds apiece. Or if they also, if say the client preferred they be color corrected, we could offer that as well. Okay. And then we also obviously offered social media campaigns. So typically we'd offer like four to six in exchange for a free stay. Okay. Oh, sorry, what big? And also uh, for hotels, photo packages. Oh, and photo, photo packages. Uh, that was yes. a big winner with hotels. 10, like, yeah, 10 we'll to 15. Show off, like I said, we'll show off your property, get you professional grade photos so that you can sell yourself better. And now were you all, did were you all photographers? Like, did you consider yourself photographers or like what? <laughs> oh, that's the, you know, we're going to answer this one honestly for you. We definitely, even to this day, sometimes we're like, we have imposter syndrome, you know, where you're just like, are like, are people taking us serious? Oh God. Like, are we in over our heads? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you, over time, you learn the equipment. We definitely didn't know anything like starting out. We look at some of our old stuff. Oh, it's painful. The old <laughs> it's, stuff is painful. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> But they, I guess but, they needed, they, they, I mean, when you, you all were obviously like you had the verbiage down, you obviously had like a media kit, you had proof, like I guarantee these and confidence yeah, and these confidence and these brands totally. where there's no way that they're just like saying yes, because they're totally. desperate. You all obviously had a repertoire that was impressive. And I think I agree with you. I think the confidence aspect is huge. And also like us building our brand that year prior, granted, in my opinion, was the editing quality the best. No, but you could see the potential. <laughs> and yeah. our blog was pretty fire at the time. Like people loved, you know, our blog, especially hotels, you know, because it was right when things were kind of ramping up on the travel blog scene. I even I feel like we kind of, we started five years ago and I feel like we kind of were already a little late to the party at that point. But to be honest, I mean, someone's always looking for something. That's why we kind of give so many different deliverables for clients to choose from. We still do that to this day because you never know what that particular person's looking for. And as long as you make it clear, like, you know, you're willing to offer whatever services would best, you know, make benefit them and make a mutually Mm -hmm. beneficial partnership, then, you know, you guys can find a way to make that work. True. I I think the point is your pitches, our pitches do two things. They tell them we're we're open to working, but also it shows off what we're capable of doing. Because some people Mm -hmm. reach back out out and go, Hey, I don't want any of those packages. I would like 10 underwater photos or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> okay, sure. We can do that. But they've seen that we can do that and more mm. based on our offerings. True. So if you're going to do a pitch, like try to hit all the things they might need, but more importantly, show your diversity and your capacity. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. And especially for, for those people solid. that are listening. Yeah, that was solid. Way to go, Alexis. <laughs> you inspired me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And like, I appreciate your all's vulnerability and also talking about like the financial side of it and, you know, the tips on pitching because so many people that are listening or that are new to this like content creating world, they're like, how in the world do I save money to do this? What is, you know, how do I pitch to a brand? I'm not a business person. I don't like sales. And yeah, your vulnerability in it is just really appreciated. Yeah, that was helpful. Yeah, yeah. That was really helpful. It comes yeah, from years of messing up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for real, it's you. You're yeah. gonna do it wrong. Except you're gonna be wrong and do it wrong at the, at the beginning. Totally. My little sister's yeah. trying to start a business right now, and I keep telling her, "You're gonna do it wrong, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Fail, learn, fail, learn. That's all you can mm-hmm. do." Yeah, that's good. And I think give yourself some grace. You, you know, because we, like I said before, I mean, we would pitch on average. I mean, especially in the hotel front, a hundred hotels per city. And I can't tell you how many times we would only get one yes. 
mm-hmm. but that is all you need. Yeah. And that just inspired us so many times. We're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it was just such a huge blessing. Cause it was like, that's literally all you need. You just need that one. Yes. And somebody True. out there, you know, does believe in you. So it's for a lot of the listeners out there, like don't lose hope in your spell in yourself, especially when you're getting, you know, a lot of no's. that's how it was for us at the beginning. But I think those opportunities are out there and Mm -hmm. the key is just not to give up and to just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. And you all have been now, now home for how long, a year, two years? I think a year and a half now. Year and a half. So how like two years? Cause we, yeah, uh, enough time to literally yeah. like get pregnant and have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do my math. <laughs> so what made you like, what was the ending point? Like, how did you know when it was time to, yeah, it was time come. to come home and, and settle down? Well, ironically enough, we, you know, I just, I'll be fully transparent. We were 18 months in. And I was so tired because that was one thing too. We did incorrectly. If I could do things different, I would have had a slow down. We were moving every four to five days to a new city. And we had, because we're so type A, we had booked everything in advance, flights, hotels. Like even when I'm talking about our hotel pitches, those went off six months in advance to lock in that particular destination. Mm. So things were so set in motion that it wasn't like we could just cancel or be like, you know what, we're kind of loving the spot. Let's do an extra day, you know, and take off one somewhere else. We didn't have that luxury. So we were just moving a mile a minute. And towards the end, I just wasn't even having fun. I was so burnt out. I wanted it to, I wanted to go home. I was getting homesick. You know, it was like, you've seen one Gothic church, you've seen them all. I was starting to get desensitized and I didn't want that to happen. Like the whole reason to travel is like to appreciate these places and respect them and to enjoy and embrace the experience. And I was hitting a point of exhaustion where nothing was fun anymore. So I was like, babe, I'm tapped Mm -hmm. out. You know, I was like, you know, at country 45, I was like, I'm ready to come home. And he Mm -hmm. felt it too. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, ironically enough, we booked flights. Israel was our last location. We actually rerouted our trip so that we could meet my brother there with his girlfriend and because he was going to do a proposal. So we got to see their engagement and film it, which was really fun. It was actually a great finale. And we landed the first week of January, I believe. We landed January 3rd of 2020. That's right. COVID was a thing December 30th of 2020. It's just... If we had gone to one more country for two weeks, we would have been panicked. And if we'd gone for another month, we would have been trapped. Yeah. We got so incredibly lucky. Yeah, our timing was insane. Wow. So COVID you'll... Hit, and that ch- changed everything for us too, even coming home. For sure. <laughs> yeah. We came back, back here. We did some RV trips and stuff, which was, I mean, it was insane because you would go to some places and everything was deserted. It felt like a post-apocalyptic movie. We went to... Arches National Park. And we went home thinking, wow, what a great park. There's no one there. And then we see photos. <laughs> Turns out it's always like Disneyland. We just happen yeah. to be there in that pocket right before yeah. they shut down altogether. So we, yeah. we just got, we've been very lucky with timing. So looking back now, what was like the biggest thing that you all learned and like the biggest piece of advice for someone listening that is wanting to pursue that today is wanting to go out, quit their job and pursue a life of travel? Like, what is a piece of advice that you can share to that person? I think of the best pieces of it. Well, right now, the world is no longer forgiving for people who don't plan. There was a time when you could just go places and show up. That's not the mm-hmm. case anymore, especially post-COVID. 
you need mm-hmm. to have a test. You need to have a, a test to get into countries, test to get home, all those things. Start planning. Don't worry about getting every detail right. There's a quote that I'm going to butcher, which is plans are worthless. Planning is everything. Hmm. Plan, start planning, set a date for yourself, set a go live. You're doing this. Map out as much as you can and then accept that it's all going to go off the rails. But that's fine. Just get started. The hardest part of writing a paper is that first, you know, that first line. True. The hardest part of starting anything is getting, just start, set a date, commit and go. True. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that's, that's so true for, you know, a lot of people out there that are thinking about even getting on social media, getting, you know, starting to produce, you know, digital assets in the digital world. Like it's scary. And especially since this is still really new, like it's, it's heavily invested more than it was five or 10 years ago, but this is still a new thing. And it's, it's scary. There's a lot of fear that surrounds putting yourself out there and pursuing something new and pursuing something that you're passionate about. So that's good. Uh, you know, eventually you just, you got to just start, you, you have to start to, you know, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start, you know? And so totally. that's, you need to yeah. start as soon as possible. You need to do your very best and then you'll look back and realize your very best was kind of trash and that's okay. <laughs> you will become desensitized <laughs> to failure, but you have to keep practicing. And so you keep good. moving forward. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's one of those things. That's what I was going to say is just practice, practice, practice. Like we started out horrendous. Like I still mm-hmm. look at our photos and I crack up. I'm like, yikes. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I even thought that was a good idea to post. But over time you get better, you know, and you talk to people in the community and you find tricks to shoot or tricks to edit. You know, a lot of people are so daunted by editing. And like, to be honest, I don't know a lot of what I was doing. I kind of learned on the fly. I'm not Mm -hmm. good at watching YouTube videos to teach myself. Mm -hmm. I have to like dive in and just figure it out on my own. And that honestly, like before I got decent, probably took me like two years, (laughs) but there's, you know, I would just say, yeah, just, just start give yourself some grace. No, it's not always going to be perfect, but as you get better over time, you're going to start fine-tuning your pitch. You're going to start fine-tuning how you edit photos, how you shoot videos. You know, I used to make everything so complicated. I used to overshoot. I mean, our poor trip, we would just bust out the DSLR like everywhere. Cause I was like, we need the perfect shot and it needs to be high res (laughs) guys. Can't even begin to tell you how much you can accomplish on your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I truly, I run the majority of our brand, like off of my phone, especially with reels and stuff like that. We don't have fancy mm-hmm. cameras. I use my phone and mm-hmm. we are getting some of the best content yet. So, but yeah. it doesn't, you know, I think people put so much pressure on like the quality in terms of, you know, the resolution and what kind of equipment you're using, but really what matters is like the storyline and like what you're trying to tell the user, you know, or mm-hmm. what kind of experience you want to share. Yeah, it's important to make it fun for yourself while doing that as well. That's good. Yeah, that is good. So what's the story that a foreigner abroad is sharing today? It's it's not full-time travel like it used to be. So what is it today and what is the future of the brand? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, you know, I think for us personally, a lot changed with COVID. You know, just travel was so much more difficult to do. And then especially I, I got pregnant. We had mm. our first child. So it wasn't exactly like we were chomping at the bit to jump on a plane again. Yeah. So we've definitely pivoted our particular brand to kind of be a mix of like approachable travel, you know, more like stay at home type stuff mm-hmm. with mm. lifestyle content. The goal is to make travel accessible to all. 
whether mm. you have a physical disability or a child, not the same thing, but something <laughs> holding you back, something making life difficult or limited finances, you can make it work. We do expensive trips. We do cheap trips. We mostly do cheap trips, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. We do a whole lot local as well. Exploring mm-hmm. your own city is wonderful. It's just mm-hmm. making it available to you, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you all have pivoted too. I mean, that's a that's a big thing here that we're learning. I mean, us us personally, like pivoting from brand to brand, like we were so tied to a certain identity and we thought that that's what it had to be and you had to stick with that and like life comes along and sorry, you already created this brand. So you have to like, stick you stick it. with it. And we've also learned personally, and we've heard it now from dozens of other creators too, like people are pivoting, like life goes on, life changes and you don't want the brand to keep you from, from following life, you know, following what, what you want to do. And so I think that's also a really cool thing that you all are pivoting from maybe how our foreigner abroad had started and now making the brand fit your lifestyle, like making your lifestyle the priority and the brand just fitting around it. I think that's really cool of what you are doing. You know, to speak to that, I think too, like something that's super big on social media, you know, is just authenticity mm-hmm. and being like r- true and real to yourselves. And, you know, once we got pregnant and once we had sky, we ha- had no choice, but to slow down a little bit. So it was like, we're going to do a lot more things at the house, but we showcase that, you know, and it, it made it more approachable. Like it's okay. If you're not always traveling and living this glamorous life, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can still like, these are the fun things that we do, you know, with our little one that you can do too. Or like Alex was saying, explore your own city we were doing that for like a good year where that was all we were doing, (laughs) but it's possible. And you can, you know, we were just showing the reality of our situation, but like for us, how that's not necessarily like a death sentence. We're just, we're, we're evolving and we're changing Mm -hmm. over time as life changes with us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, other people can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important, you know, especially in this industry, it's like, sometimes you can feel really alone and, okay, I'm doing this by myself. Like nobody else understands and being able to be vulnerable and be authentic, like allows you to connect with your audience in like a really real way where they're inspired also to step out and say, Hey, like, I like doing this. What if I started doing what they're doing and like, you know, making it relatable. And that's the big thing with passion to brand is our goal connecting people that have started pursuing their passion to make it a brand and me kind of coming in a year, I guess, you know, seeing Brett start passion to brand and being a little bit skeptical, like, wow, like, is this a thing? Like people can actually turn what they're passionate about and what they love into a brand and like live off of it. And Mm -hmm. so the question that I asked and that we're asking people that we're having on the podcast is, can that still be done today? Can someone live and do what they love and make their passion a brand. Absolutely. It's always possible. It's just hard. Yeah. It's always been hard. And Mm -hmm. I do think COVID, for example, if you're going to do a travel-based thing, COVID has made it much harder. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you're just trying to make your passion, it's not travel-based a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But be aware that the first two years are going to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe longer. The way businesses work, in my experience, and I've limited experience to take out the grain of salt, is that you struggle alone, and you're doing a what you think is a bad job for a long time, and then you keep doing it, and then one day you look back and you go, "Wait, is this working?" You don't mm-hmm. see the curve until it's already hit you. True, yeah. but it takes the uh, the takeoff is very very long, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is 
it needs to be your brand. It needs to be what you're passionate about because for a long time, that's all it will be. If you don't mm. like doing it, you're going to burn out. You need mm -hmm. to find something you love and then keep doing it because you love it, not for any other reason. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, like, he's right like on the money. Because even with our brand, we honestly, that first year was so rough. I was posting almost every day on top of a full-time job. I was trying to give, man, two to three hours to Instagram back then on top mm -hmm. of stories, you know, just to like build our credibility and build our mm -hmm. audience and get exposure. We were getting like nothing. It was just so hard. We were growing, you know, like slowly. And we had started to just pitch like simple things, you know, nearby and we were getting no's. And it was really discouraging at first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was just like, why am I even putting in all this effort if like no one's going to recognize it? But I'll never forget. I think we had had the brand about maybe a year at this point, And we pitched to some companies in Thailand and we got some of our first yeses. And I remember we got there, like, we were so nervous. I was like, oh my God, these people are taking us serious. We need to look like, oh, you know, like, oh, and I look back at the footage, like we shot, it was so horrendous, but all we needed was that one person to believe in us, you know, and it kind of yeah. goes back to what we were saying before, like, all you need is that one yes. Yeah. And once yeah. that happened, you know, it kind of was like a fake it till you make it. Like we mm -hmm. just kept working hard and our confidence grew over time. And yeah. it, you know, now it's evolved into like, a business, which we crack up about because that was never mm -hmm. the intention. It was really just to help us travel for cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> you right know, yeah. Yeah. But you know what, you know, to people out there, like you totally can turn this into a business and you never mm -hmm. know, like we talked about before what people want. So I would say cast a wide net mm -hmm. in terms of like what you can offer and see where that goes. I like that. That's good, good for you. That's yeah. what it comes down to. You do it mm -hmm. for you. And worst case scenario, you end up quitting eventually and it doesn't work, but you've picked up skills or you've gotten better at the thing that you love doing. Even like if that. we shut down tomorrow, Lindsay's going to take incredible photos for the rest of her life. Like mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it is cool. Now, once in a while, I'll forget. I'll hand my phone to someone else. And I'm like, oh my God, you, you do not know how to take photos. And that's okay. You don't have years <laughs> yeah. of practice. Yeah. Now I yeah. see it. Like it's just worst case scenario. We just have good memories. We've learned some stuff. Learn starting your own business as hard as it is teaches you about everything. It teaches yeah. you about finance, online management, it teaches you how to do everything. It's just, it's a lot of learning and you'll probably use it either in this business or the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, and you all have definitely, definitely have amazing content that you put out, amazing page. You all do phenomenal work. And, and yeah, Lindsay, your photography and, and content that you all are putting out every, you know, every week is, is incredible. So definitely kudos to the fact that you all have grown. You're and... making me blush. <laughs> yeah. And, but the thing is, is I think this to over, you know, I think overall from, from what you are saying is, is just simply believing you can, believing you can, mm -hmm. believing that your, that passion is big enough. That passion is, is radiant, you know, and that passion is, is everything that you are. And like you had said, Alexis, even if it doesn't work, it's okay because now you are you're, you're stepping into who you are and you're telling the world about who you are, and that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah. And so whether it works or doesn't work, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter. That's you. You are you are feeling fulfilled through that pursuit of finding yourself and, and living it out. So I think it's amazing that that you all continue to inspire so many people. I mean, you're reaching now hundreds of thousands, millions of people. You know. Uh, all the time, like with your content, I think that's amazing that you all get to continue to inspire people through what you're putting out. I would love the opportunity for our followers to follow along, reach out to you. I'm sure they're feeling inspired from your old story today. So if you can share, what is the best way for people to reach out, connect with you guys? 
To be honest, I am on Instagram every day for multiple hours a day. <laughs> so as sad as that sounds, but you know, I, I oddly enjoy it because it's yeah. a community and at this point it's kind of become a family. So definitely drop us a message. I actually do read those at a foreigner abroad and that's a foreigner dot abroad. I should probably specify, but you know, we, we really are. That's probably the best way to reach us or you can email us too. We also have a website if people want to check out, which is just a foreigner you know, but I would say if you want a quick, quick response, Instagram's your spot. <laughs> awesome. And definitely, definitely give them a follow, reach out. Lindsay, you, you and Alexis have been amazing to, to get to know. And we appreciate the fact that we get to know you guys and are excited to see what you You're, all do. In this you all are a power couple. Yes. Like I, like I look up to you guys so much. So made my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're so thankful that you guys got, you know, the opportunity to be on here and spend time with us. Yes. Thanks for your old time. Guys, we had a blast. Yeah. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Y'all are so easy to talk to. And I just feel like you guys need to book a Vegas trip so we can hang out. Yes. <laughs> Let's sure. do it. But y'all are, thank you again. Like this has been so fun. We definitely, we don't do a lot of podcasts, but we really enjoyed just a chance to get to know you guys better as well. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review or comment letting us know what you enjoyed most. Be sure to click that follow button to not miss out on a new inspiring story each week. For more inspiration, feel free to follow us on Instagram at passion to brand or check out our blog at passiontobrand.com. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>